Well, hey, everybody, welcome to Next Steps, the midweek podcast from Blackhawk Church. My name is Tiffany Malloy, and with me is Chris Kopp. Chris, happy summer. It is a very warm day today, super sunny. Uh, do you have any fun plans for the summer? Surprisingly, my wife and I have never been to Door County, so we are taking the family later later this summer. We'll see how that goes with two young kids, two and four. Last time we did a vacation in the Dells, it was a nightmare. We drove home the same night because no one was sleeping. Oh, no. And they were just all overwhelmed. So, um, so yeah, pray for us. I thought cool. <laughs> that sounds fun. That'll be great. Cool. All right, today we have a full house here in our studio. Um, so joining us today are a few of our staff, Ben Knox, pastor of Middle School Ministries, and Kierce, pastor of Marriage and Parenting, and then Carolyn and Mark Wise. Mark is our director of technology, and many of you might actually know Carolyn. She has been on staff a couple of times in the past, and currently she works at the Wisconsin Historical Society. So um, one thing that we all have in common in this room is that we all have kids, and we all have been doing our best to figure out how to parent well through this past season and into this new one. And so you guys, it has been an adventure. And so today we are talking about leaving COVID land as families with kids. So welcome everybody. It's good to be here. Glad to be here. Good. All right. Well, this has been a wild year and each family um, listening and those of us in the room has weathered the storm in really different ways, depending on ages of kids, personalities, so many other factors. And so as we get started, why don't each of you share a little bit about the ages of your kids and what this year has looked like for you guys? So Ben, how about you go first? Sure. Uh, so we first, I think I, I, we got to talk to Chris about this Door County thing, right? <laughs> mm. So Chris, just take the kids to uh, to Ephraim, drop them off at Wilson's, and buy like a three scoop thing of ice cream, and leave them there for a couple hours, and then come back. I feel like that's illegal, but no, <laughs> no, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Uh, okay, but my family. Sorry, I got really distracted by <laughs> never been to Door County before. Whoo! You're just Wisconsin confession night. time. That's good. I'm wow. Sorry. I thought confession was a topic for the podcast a few weeks ago. Okay. Um, no kids. Uh, uh, ages um, at the beginning of the pandemic were. 10 and 4, a pandemic hit right before Abby's fifth birthday, and so now they are 11 and 6. Andrew is fifth grade uh, going on middle school, and Abby is in kindergarten. Um, More details now, or let's, I've already talked about Door County, I'll let other people share. (laughs) We, um, this is Mark, and we have two kids, uh, Sam and Anne-Marie. Sam is... 12, almost 13. Um, he's going into seventh grade. And then Anne Marie is 10, almost 11, going into sixth grade. So um, it was a weird transition into COVID um, just because our kids are so close to middle school age. Um, and so there's already a lot of apprehension about uh, middle school and changing schools. And so, um, yeah, it was just a weird start. Mm-hmm. I have two children. They are both like right in that adolescent stage. So Junie is 12. She is just finishing sixth grade and headed off to seventh grade, which is technically middle school, first year of middle school in Wanakee. And then Wilson is 14. He's wrapping up ninth grade and heading into 10th grade at Wanakee High School. Awesome. Um, looks like we have a lot of middle schoolers and mm-hmm. high schoolers in this room. I actually have, so I have four kids. Um, 
I'm trying to, how old are they? That's always the hard thing. Um, they are 8, 10, 12, and 13 right now. So a couple of elementary, for those of you listening, elementary kids are represented here. And Ben, you said a kindergartner. Yep. Yep. So awesome. Uh, and Chris, you have a couple kids. Yeah, one was less than a year old when COVID hit, um, Micah, our son, and then our daughter Addie was three. So um, we've been less affected by some of the, you know, the, the virtual schooling and all of that kind of stuff. Um, they just, they know that there's germs out there and, and, and things like that. So a little different experience probably than everyone else at the, at the table, but um, some things to navigate with that too. Absolutely. Well, so as you guys reflect on this past year, um, shifting from our kids a little bit, what do you feel like you've learned about your yourselves um, or about your kids or uh, about God in general? I know that's kind of, that's a, a wide ranging question, um, but what are some of the lessons that you learned in this past season and maybe just things from this past year of, of being in the midst of COVID with our families that you want to hold on to as we go into this next season? Well, I'll go first because I feel like this has been driven home. I am a terrible stay-at-home mom, <laughs> like really bad. And I thought I had learned that when my kids were like a year and a half or two years old. But genuinely now I like know that in the deepest part of my soul <laughs> that I am an awful stay-at-home mom. So this has been a little bit of a challenge for me. And I'm also not great at like providing three meals a day or um, like the housekeeping. I'm actually a terrible housekeeper as well. Uh, so that hasn't gone great. I'm thankfully married to someone who's great at like cooking and hosting and all that. Holy cow. But I think that's been really hard because there are moms that are posting on social media where they have like planned out the day they provided like these enriching experiences they're like their kids are growing spiritually in new ways and I've just felt like a little more desperate than that mm. um yeah that's what I've learned and what a, there is one of my kids came home from um her her we have like a pot of of a couple of families that we kind of worked through this this year with and she said did you know that that mom makes breakfast for their kids and I was just like ah what and she's like and lunch you only make dinner and I was like oh well sorry yeah I can't yeah, do that intermittent <laughs> fasting haven't they heard of that yeah right <laughs> it's like I am I am helping you guys to be independent children so yeah I get it I yeah. don't make breakfast for them you're okay you yeah I think COVID was a little bit of a mixed bag for our family because we are so our family of four three of us are introverts and one of them one of my kids is like very extroverted and mark and i always like i don't know how our dna created <laughs> some, combined to create such an extrovert but so in some ways for mark and i and for our introverted child it was like a respite of like there was a lot of downtime and we don't mind that we like that but um, for our other kid who's very extroverted, it was much more challenging um, to, and had like repercussions then, like he needs other humans, I feel like, to be creative or like, when he's with other people, all of those things come to life in him. And when he's not with other people, 
you don't see them as much. And so seeing that for a whole year of kind of that deprivation um, was was hard for our family and like hard to navigate um, how to do this well, how to try to provide those opportunities in different ways. Um, I think we learned as a family that this is something that we were aware of before COVID, but was really driven home by COVID is that we want unstructured time. As a family, I feel like it's not always great. Like there are times when we don't have anything on the calendar and we're just kind of sitting around getting on each other's nerves. But there are other times that like, those are the times we laugh really hard together. Or you can almost like see your family making memories, you know, of like, this is going to stick with, it sticks with me. I think it'll probably stick with them. I hope it does. And COVID provided, kind of forced us to have more of those evenings, more of those times together. And I'm thankful for that. And I feel like it just drove home. I want to maintain that, like mm-hmm. keep that built into our schedule. I think one of the original questions is what uh, what did I learn about? What did we learn about ourselves as a family during COVID? I'd say, uh, I don't know yet. Ask me in five years. <laughs> 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 yep, there you yeah, go. That's, that's all good. I got. Yeah. And I think that that's true. I feel like we've all experienced something that we don't fully understand. It's impossible to experience something of this magnitude and the amount of loss that we've absorbed and to really have understood that at this point and mm-hmm. to understand, like, how does that actually affect us, us as parents? How does that affect our families and kids? Um, I mean, certainly marriage. I mean, that's affected my marriage. But, I'm, but I don't think that we're really able at this point to know all of the ways. And I think, and I think that's good right like we need that time to kind of process the things that have happened and what that means for us from here on out the listening audience can't see but i'm making my nodding face yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. the introverted extroverted thing is interesting too like so definitely with our kids they experience that depending on where where they would fall on that but man for i mean i'm an, an introvert as a parent and it's like Okay, now we are around each other 24-7. When am I going to have a moment of, um, even just to myself, but especially when we're talking about spiritual rhythms and things like that, to, to have a moment of silence or solitude or, or for, for spiritual practices and that kind of thing. And I know that that's been true, particularly of moms, but of, of, of dads too, where it's just like, it's hard to engage in that stuff when 24 seven, especially with younger kids, um, you're just, you're catering to their every need or, or looking after what they're doing at school and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, if that's you, we, we hear that too, that it's just been, it's been hard to create your own kind of personal space in this season too. At least that's been my experience. Mm-hmm. I think a really challenging thing for us, um, having two middle schoolers is that unique, time of their life when um, parents are becoming less important and peers developmentally are becoming more important and then to take them out of that environment pretty much altogether um, I think for us was kind of a weird a, yeah a very difficult and strange dynamic where I think you know they did it the best they could but all I think every middle schooler was you know dealing with that and, and figuring out how to navigate that. And so for me, figuring out, okay, how much do we need to step in a little bit more as their friend, which normally that's not kind of the lens through which I'm viewing parenting, but if they don't have those peers for a year, what is, in what ways can I step into that temporarily? Um, so that was, um, yeah, a big part of our, our journey um, over this past year. 
All right, you guys, as we are beginning, only beginning to emerge from COVID land, uh, we have some decisions to make as we are planning our family calendars, as we are figuring out what to say no to, what to say yes to. So I think for each of us, we're in different spaces. Um, but talk about what kinds of questions are you asking yourselves as you're beginning to filter what do we want life to look like this summer? And maybe really we can only talk about this summer because I think um, that's what's right now. And I think each season will be a little bit unique as we move through it. But talk about what you're um, thinking about right now. I mean, there is a temptation to, to dive like headfirst into everything because we missed a whole year and you feel like you have to catch up um, to all the experiences that you've missed, like family vacations, you know, putting off the extended um, vacation with your family, you know, the cabin up north or whatever. Um, so there's a little bit, you know, you're dealing with that loss and you feel like I can make up for that loss by just diving right in. But we've kind of felt like, to take we're trying to take the opposite approach of like let's ease in and see what might stick like let's go really slow and not do like two night a week sports things or you know events whatever it is music things um and just maybe do a couple of um intense experiences so like a summer camp that's a week long or like hanging out with grandparents for a week by themselves um, and just kind of see how that feels for everyone which admittedly is more our personality too like i have friends that that would not work for they they thrive on having things planned and their family thrives on that so i feel like that's been and it's like a responsibility. So like this fits our family's personality, mm -hmm. um, figuring out what your family's personality is and like trying to work with that and not be dictators based on my own personal, mm -hmm. like my yeah. own personal way of seeing things. Totally. Mm -hmm. Trying to see it through the eyes of my kids too at the same time. It's really good. Well, maybe, maybe I'll go because I think, I think we're the exact opposite. Um, <laughs> So those families that people complain about that like travel for sports practice and sports teams that go to Milwaukee because they're relieved of like the regulations and whatnot, like we we are that family. I'm gonna come I'm gonna come clean and say <laughs> that we drive to Milwaukee all of the time for competitive sports teams. <laughs> um, but like to be real, you know the. Our, our kids have been involved in a lot of activities over the years, and and that was true right before COVID. And that, like, that was a really helpful coping. Um, the things that were provided, like that intense physical training and social connections, like those were the things that I think really were helpful. Um, and... And some of the things that you support with kids that have a special needs or mental health challenges when they're when they're smaller can actually look like competitive sports teams when they're in middle school or high school. Mm. So um, that's where we were before COVID. And then when that got taken away, um, you know, then then the coping the coping mechanisms are lost, and we really spiral spiraled into a, a really difficult. A mental health crisis and so the minute that we were able to do anything we did 
And I think that, you know, that has me a little nervous because I think I've loved the sweetness of our time together and our slower schedule. But that's what, that's kind of what we need to be healthy. So our summer looks like tennis and cross country and swimming (laughs) and, um, and weightlifting and conditioning. So it's a, it's a really busy schedule and, and there are a lot of intentional planned social times too, with camps, band camp, music lessons, because, um, because we need that to stay healthy. Mm. So I think it's kind of interesting because, um, I don't know in this season, I don't know if anyone else has heard it, but I hear a lot of comments about kind of what other families are doing, like whether it's, oh, they're not doing anything or they're going all over the place. And um, and so kind of living through this has encouraged me to maybe not give people such a hard time to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like if you're staying home, that's probably what you need to do. And if you're out there, you're taking a risk because likely that's, also what you need to do yeah there's almost like a social pressure that comes with all of these decisions right now especially again just like to say it out loud if you're a parent of young kids that aren't at vaccination age yet um man like daily there's decisions we're making right about like do we take them to target now do we do this do we do like is it safe to do these things and still still trying to figure out what that looks like but then you see these families going around and um, and living it up and it's, it's easy to feel like you're missing out on that. But uh, even decisions about coming to church now that B kids is reopening, like, do you, do you do that? Um, so we get it. Those are hard things that you have to decide as a family and, and, and make decisions for yourselves. Yeah. Chris, you mentioned, uh, young kids pre-vaccination. I think there's maybe an even greater, um, uh, you know, our, our social environment, it plays such a strong role in how we are evaluating COVID risk, you know? And so uh, your kids are unvaccinated. My kids are unvaccinated, but my kids have been in school, um, you know, for, for and Andrew has an IEP, an individualized education plan. So he's been in school all year. Abby's been in school with peers since March 9 mm-hmm. when kindergarten reopened. And so, like, we don't think twice about Target because, I mean, <laughs> like, school, there's lots of people there. Um, but there's this sense with with, um, uh, with you and Amy, maybe, or with other families of your shape who have a two- and four-year-old, it's the, the things that get reintroduced when have such a strong impact on how we we think about these things and how we feel these things um yeah i just feel i I think about the conversations i've had with people in different um in different vocational situations of what they're exposed to at their job uh and how um and how that has an impact on how they're evaluating risk right now um yeah it is uh as a friend of mine put it um, it's this, like, we're all on the interstate highway. It's like a five-lane highway, and we're looking around at anybody who's driving either faster or slower than us, <laughs> and we're thinking, oh, well, those people are just idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and, we don't, and we don't even realize that we ourselves are changing speeds the entire time. <laughs> uh, and so, oh, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm just reminded, hearing all these stories of how much grace we can have for one another and one another's, mm-hmm. um, one another's choices and decisions as families, and um, yeah, cut ourselves and each other some slack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, um, mental health, uh, along with these conversations we're having about decision-making, has also been a big concern for parents, uh, for us ourselves as parents, right? Because we've been carrying so much in this season, but also for our kids. Um, and even over the last year, anxiety and depression have been a real challenge that many families are, are experiencing and navigating. Um, so what encouragement or guidance would you guys give to families who are listening, who are also um, experiencing this challenge right now? I've even heard stories over the last few weeks as things are reopening of, um, you know, when we experience trauma or stress over the past 14 months, that all builds up in our bodies. And now there's like a reopening of things. And for a lot of people, that's just kind of like releasing and it means sickness or, you know, ailments or all sorts of different things. Things are just starting to break down. So all that to say mental health, um, as people are navigating that, whether for themselves or for their kids, um, any, any advice or, or wisdom to share there? Yeah, I feel like I have experiences of right. it being hard personally and then seeing how it's played out in my kids and seeing mental health effects of it. And we're still trying to figure out, what, okay, coming out of that, what? how do we navigate it? How do we it's – it's in progress is basically kind of where we're at. And there were some surprising things like – some stuff our kids were dealing with that just came out of nowhere that were like, I would have never thought this yeah. would have been a thing, but it is now. And I don't know if it was always under the surface and COVID brought it out or if COVID caused it, that's yet to be determined. But it's yeah. just kind of like a wake up call a little bit of like, there's things going on all the time. Yeah. Right. It, and development. With the, How does exactly. development, like, especially if they're Entering puberty, like, right. would this have emerged anyway? Totally. That's what Is we were this, thinking. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it's it's it feels good that we're not giving advice right now <laughs> because yeah. uh, I don't think there there really is advice that can be that can be applied to any mental health uh, challenge that someone might be facing in their family system right now. Um, so I guess the only the only guidance would be to have an individualized conversation with someone who can point you in a, a, a next step sort of direction for whatever it is that you're experiencing within your family system. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's been helpful to talk to people that get it. Mm. And I don't know quite how to find those people. Mm. Uh, but that I think that's helpful to talk to somebody that isn't judging your family. Um, that gets it and also doesn't make you feel obligated to give updates or <laughs> like my favorite texts are, I know this is hard. I'm praying for you. You don't have to text back. Like, thank you. I actually really need you to pray for us. And I can't meet an expectation of giving you updates because we've got our hands full. Yeah. So I don't know how you find those people, but I think that's helpful. Yeah, that reminds me. Megan and I sat down and we said, let's, you know, for this some of the specific um, uh, in in our home, there are some there can be some pretty significant anxiety attacks that uh, one of our kids uh, has to work through, and that that's. It's big, anyway. Not to get into details. So we were like, okay, we we want a. We have our people that are like our support people that, you know, like my mom, we would call and say, hey, can you come over for 10 minutes? Because, 
you know, uh, parent A is going to take child A while parent B deals with child B in the house and it's good to have a second adult in the house. Can you come over or whatever? Or can you come take child B to the park while two adults deal with child A, you know, what's happening in child A's world? So that's, we have like our support person who is hands-on help. Um, but then we also have uh, a list uh, of people and it's a very short list that is just what you described and it's our it's our prayer people we say hey we we laid out our expectations pretty early on of like hey when this is happening in our family there's a piece of our spirit that needs to know that someone is praying for us either in that moment or whenever they get the text and by asking you to join this little group uh, uh we um we're not asking you to um, come and be there for us. Uh, and we're not asking, we are literally only asking for you to be people who are praying for us in that moment as people that we, in like in our hearts, we know we can trust you to pray for us. We know you're not judging or thinking ill or wondering or asking 13 follow-up questions. You're just gonna pray for us. And it was, it was strange, but we, we came up with exactly four people that we wanted on that list, which is not to say that we don't love all the other wonderful people in our lives, but it's like, no, this person is not right for that. This person we want to be, you know, like my mom is not on that list because we want to have this difference of this is the person that we actually call for physical in-person help. And we want that to be a different person than the people that we're just texting to say, please pray for us over the next 15 minutes if you get this. So maybe for parents who um, during the season their kids have um, expressed some challenges with mental health and for them maybe it feels really new like maybe before COVID that wasn't something that they had really talked about a lot as a family so um, for for parents who are listening to that do you guys have any um, how do you take care of yourself like how do you make sure that you are healthy in the ways that you need to be healthy in order to care for and love. So, I mean, I think Ben, you just said you've created a community around you that you know that is there for you um, and how very intentionally on, on multi levels. Um, I think that's awesome. Are there any other um, practices or rhythms or habits or um, that you would suggest ways that um, I think, uh, how do you know when you're getting to the place? Are there like little triggers that you recognize of like, I'm, I actually need to stop. I'm not okay. Um, I, I can't deal with what's kind of going on in my home. And so I know I need something for myself. Can you talk about that? Cause sometimes Ooh, I, self, I can keep it's going. idea of self-care, right? Yeah. It's idea of like, as parents, we sometimes feel like we should just keep on going because mm. we, we're their parents, right? Mm -hmm. We have to continually just go, 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 mm -hmm. give, give, give. But we're, we are human beings with limitations and that's not who we are. So yeah, Ben. Yeah, our case is maybe a bit extreme, but I mean, I mentioned that, you know, the people who we call on when we need physical in-person help, I mentioned that, you know, our, our prayer circle, Megan and I each individually have our own counselors that, that we that we go to. Um, and um, uh, Megan's counselor is specifically a person who comes along uh, alongside parents um, who are dealing, uh, who are working through complex family systems issues and how they parent. 
Um, Megan and I have a tagging system with each other. It's, it's taken us a long time to develop the right wording for this, but in our marriage, what what works is when when one or the other feels the need to be tagged out of a situation because our own reactions are escalating, we can ask for that tag. Um, mm. uh, and then the other parent has has permission when they notice something that, like, if if parent B is having a moment that concerns parent A, parent A can say, I'm seeing something that concerns me. Do you want me to tag you out or join you in this, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of that option. It's not like an automatic, I'm calling you out of there, mm-hmm. you know, you got to leave because that tends to sometimes escalate mm-hmm. the system, but it's a situation, but it's like offering that choice of mm-hmm. like, I see you escalate. It looks like you might be escalating. Do you want me to join you in this or, or tag you out? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some of the things that we have put in place in addition to, you know, mm-hmm. what what are what does self-care look mm-hmm. like? What does it look like to provide um, diversity in the 168 hours of the week? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway. That's, really yeah, that's helpful. helpful then. I get my eyebrows done. <laughs> and I'm for real. That. That's what I do, Ben. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that as well, so one thing that I was thinking of as as you were talking is that during COVID, not all of those things were available. So there were times where I knew I was beyond myself, but I have literally no options. Um, like hospitalization changed, um, whether or not relatives could fill in changed, childcare options were zero. Um So that's just, I don't know, something that kind of shot through my mind. But then also, uh, I'm trying to stop giving myself a hard time for enjoying myself. I think I talked to you about this, Chris. My new goal is leisure. And you were like, maybe you should say joy. And I'm like, no, (laughs) it's leisure. I want to sit on a boat in the sunshine or like I want to do these things that are just about like being intentional about enjoying life, like yeah. the eyebrows. That's good. Yeah. I'm sure, Mark. What do you do? He does his eyebrows you know, too. Do, do your eyebrows. <laughs> great eyebrows. Y'all, y'all can't see this on the podcast, but Mark has a fresh new cut. So. I was going to say you're very well groomed Thank currently. Mm-hmm. I think this was one of the challenges of COVID: is that the things that you could do when you are stressed as a parent are off, like most of them are off the table as well. I like, I feel hesitant to say, I don't want to ever be prescriptive of like, this is the way to do it, but something that this is being, this is longer than COVID, but like several years ago, I watched a random documentary about like it involved kids and mental health. And the mom was talking about how she never knew when her child was going to want to talk to her about these issues. And so availability was a big deal. And so it got me, like, that really stuck with me. And so we made the decision that I I would choose to work 20 hours a week versus a full-time job, which sometimes it's not always easy. Like, it is good. Like, part-time is, is good. But it's also, like, I feel like my personality is kind of an ambitious person. And so it has been, had that trade-off. But... During COVID and even outside of COVID, I have felt so thankful for that because I felt like I was not 
pushed right up to the margins in my time. And especially during trying to do homeschooling at the same, like schooling from home at the same time, I, I felt thankful for that. I felt like, okay, this is, I'm thankful for margins. And it made me want to continue to have that. Like, because then I was, I just had more availability for myself where I wasn't pushed up, you know, right against the edge. And um, also just more availability for face-to-face time with the kids too. So I think for us and our family, it's been, yeah, just being able to say, hey, this is what I need. Like I need actually a day where I'm going to go away or I need an overnight or I need to take a walk. I think for some, I don't know, I think maybe my husband and I's personalities of like, let's just keep going. And I wonder if other people maybe can relate to that too of, um, so uh, I think over this year, it's been good that we've had to say what we need um, because we've kind of come to the end of ourselves. Um, so I would encourage listeners. Yeah, these are all really good. Thanks for sharing those, you guys. I will say too, mm-hmm. nature has been has played a key role in the last year because it's the only place you can go. <laughs> but I just, we have, like, there's a county park really close to us. We've hiked when it is freezing. <laughs> We've run in the rain. And I, it actually is restorative. So I hope that's a habit that sticks. And Good. I was telling Chris that my summer habit is going to be sitting on my porch working or doing whatever for an hour every afternoon. Like mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm scheduling it in my calendar. Of <laughs> it is my meeting with myself, you know, um, because I think it's been so good just to sit in the sun and yes. be away yes. from noises and uh, Leisure, right, Anne? Leisure. (laughs) Leisure. You don't even have to work there. Oh, yeah. Like, we don't have to justify. That's true. We can just sit in the sun and enjoy ourselves. Um, no, I mean, even I don't know if I'm are, there yet, is, Dan. I'm telling myself that. That's right. I'm telling myself so I'm not so great at that. Wow. Is that, are Protestants allowed to say that? Are we allowed <laughs> to oh, enjoy? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's funny that we call that out, though, and we joke about it. But, um, I mean, just in this conversation, we don't, we don't have great answers to a lot of these things because it's a work in progress. And it's okay to not be okay. Like, I think, uh, sorry, you guys, you don't look tired, but I think we're all, like, tired and just like it has been a year and it's been been hard and we're still navigating all this kind of stuff so um so the leisure thing rest like pressing into um again i've heard so many people that are trying to take sabbath seriously with their families and to 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 rest and laugh and play um those are all things that gifts that god has given us that are good and and we don't need to feel guilty about that so Chris, what you said brought something to my mind is the difference between togetherness and connectedness. Mm. Because we spent a lot of time being together, but it's very easy to be in the same room or the same house and to not be connecting with one another. People are on their own screens or they're doing something different. And when you're talking about like playing with your kids, you know, sometimes we don't do that enough. And I think even like in marriage, like the loneliest place to be is right next to someone that you're not feeling connected with. Mm. And so that's something that I feel like going forward, I maybe we don't have quite as much togetherness, but I would really like to maintain those times of connectedness. That's good. All right, you guys. Well, as for our last question, um, so we just finished up a series here at Blackhawk called Homecoming, where we talked about what it looked like to intentionally rebuild. We talked about worship and confession. We talked about 
reading our Bible. We talked about um, kind of centering God's story in our lives. And so I wondered as you guys were listening, um, processing through some of those sermons, if there's anything that stood out to you um, that you've really decided to take seriously to consider um, as it relates to either you or to your family. I think, um, so Pastor Chris Dolson is always reminding us, like, I can't read your Bible for you. You've got to read your Bible, get in your Bible. And I don't know, like, how many years it will take me to remind myself. Like, I I don't know. That is just something where I need that constant reminder. And that's why I'm in a life group. And that's why I'm in a mom's group, because I actually need those. I need that accountability. But every time I'm in the Word, it's good and helpful. And um, so with that reminder, I think I've just been playing Scripture out loud. And that is something a family can practice together. And and that's been really helpful. Um, those reminders. I need those reminders to get in my Bible. I love the last um, the last message in the series from Charles and talking about just the importance of gathering together for worship. Um, I was like, man, we get. The, I wanted to like stand up and shout. Like we get the. This is amazing. Like the opportunity to gather together as the body of Christ. And so, um, for me, it was a reminder that. Um, I mean, I was saying before, we're the family that is figuring out when and if we come back to church with two little kids who aren't vaccinated, um, both of whom have spent a majority of their lives in COVID land, and, and they're not used to, to kind of the world that's out there. And so what does that look like to reintroduce them to that? So there's a lot of questions we have about that. But at the same time, just the importance, like we, we want to be with our people, we want to be a part of of this church and be in community, um, man, cause there's just work that God does in our lives and in our kids' lives that happens, uh, when that's the case that we've missed out on over the past year. There's no getting around that. Um, so yeah, we look forward to finding ways to, to do that, but it just drove home the importance of, of being the gathered people of God to, to find people that we can, can go about doing life with and, and parent along with, um, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, something that we're definitely figuring out as we go forward. We found that to be true um, over the last, where we live is kind of in the middle of nowhere. And so we would have fires in the snow, like, and have people have our small group over. And our kids have gotten closer to the other kids mm -hmm. in that group. I feel like that has been a gift of COVID is that, our family time wasn't just unstructured, but our friend group time kind of was unstructured too. And so it was like hanging out and because outside and that's the only thing you can do. And there's been a good result from that time spent together. And I I don't want to lose that, you know, as everyone's schedules pick back up. I I want there to still be time for not just our family, but for this friend group. Um, I like... I'm thinking of like one person in the group who has like, when I look at my son, I'm like, oh, he could grow up to be, have a personality very similar to that. And this person loves Jesus. And I want my son to feel like he has, I want both my kids to feel like they can have these conversations with other people who love Jesus and approach life in a way that might be similar to, you know, the ways mm -hmm. they're approaching life. You know, Carolyn, as you, um, 
as you mentioned, that relationship between your son and this uh, friend who you could imagine him being like when, when your son grows up. Uh, like, I just want to say a word of in- encouragement. Um, and uh, if I could speak for all of us in the Blackhawk kids and Blackhawk students world, Obviously, what we've been able to offer in terms of programming over the past 14 months has been, um, well, with our hands tied behind our back uh, for for very good and, and true and loving reasons. Um, and, and the way that has... Um, the way each family has been able to engage as well with those worlds, with those um, atmospheres has been different. Um, and that's okay. Let me just say from here, you're like your kids if or students, if they have not been able to engage with programming for some period of time, you're not like parenting failures to Jesus or something like that. So, or to those of us who work here and, and, uh, and did the work that we could to meet the needs of those students and kids who were able to engage with that program, which was a percentage of them, certainly not all of them. And we hold no ill will or hard feelings towards those kids and families who just weren't able to engage in this season. Um, And gosh, Jesus loves you and you haven't like, he hasn't like lost this year in your kids' lives. Mm. And so um, while, uh, while we do look forward to seeing many people re-engage in, in community life, not just in worship services, but in smaller circles as well, um, it's okay if that didn't happen for your kids this year. Yeah. It's a good good note to end on um, with with that note of encouragement. And I thank all of you for for joining us today. Um, It's been a a great conversation. And and personally, I've just, we've interacted obviously throughout the course of the last year as we we work together. And you you guys are great parents um, and and have learned a lot from (laughs) from you guys. (laughs) No, but seriously, um, again, it's okay to not be okay. And we're, every single family in the circle has been navigating different, different things but um yeah you guys are godly parents who who love jesus and are 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 showing that to your kids so thanks for so much for this conversation um i I think we've said this a number of times but there's really we're not trying to be prescriptive here there's no playbook for emerging from from covid land that's going to look different for everyone Um, but it's important that we continue to have these conversations as we figure this out together so thanks you guys Uh, well thanks again for joining us for today's episode if you have thoughts feedback or questions email us at podcast at blockhawkchurch.org and we'd love to hear what you're thinking about as you and your family figure out this next season of life or if if we or or anyone in this room can be a resource to you we uh, would love to be able to do that Uh, also looking ahead next week on the podcast we'll be talking to pastor chris and becky dolson about their time here at blockhawk as chris's time as our senior pastor is coming to an end Uh, so don't miss it we actually recorded that episode yesterday and they share some stories about Chris that I don't know that most of us have heard before, so you're going to want to tune in for that. Have a great week, and we'll talk again soon.